hello, hello. Happy whatever day it is you're listening to the Left Coast Show. I am Adam, L-E-F-K-O-E. To my left, to your front right, Brian Westbrook. He is known as the Rocket Man. That's right. As only a rocket can. Number 36 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Brian Westbrook, how are you today? I'm great, brother. I'm excited. Are you? Why? I, I don't really have a good reason. Because football excited. is getting football Football is starting to get to that point where you're saying, ah, now that team looks good. Yes. And I, that's the best part of the year. I did think about this. Like, I, I, I look at a team like the Packers, and they're, I think, 10-3 and three now. Mm-hmm. But I see, like, a lot of flaws. But I look at them, and I'm not having a take. I'm just saying, in a lot of years, that would be the team right now that's, like, your number one seed in the NFC. And we'd all be having this question about, wow, are they an overinflated number one seed? But in the NFC, it's, like, Saints, Niners, like, Seahawks, Mm -hmm. Vikings, Mm -hmm. Rams. The tournament is going to be great. The playoffs this year are going to be great. We were talking just a minute ago about Ryan Tannehill. Hey, Steelers, hey. Like, Chiefs look like they're back. This And there are so many good quarterbacks on these teams. We really don't have any of the teams where there's just, like, really good defense, but they don't got the guy. Right. Playoffs are going to be great this year. The playoffs are going to be great. It's interesting that you use the word tournament because you know how the NCAA is, and it's so exciting to build up to it. That's the way that I feel right now for this football yes. season. Just the the playoffs atmosphere. Not only the playoffs, the last few weeks of the season. Just getting ready. Watching these games this past weekend. We had three really good games yesterday that were all on TV that we all can see. I'll start off with one of my, my biggest takes. I believe that Sunday was proof that we are in the greatest play-calling generation in the history of the NFL. We have reached a point where... The, the understanding of the game and the execution is reaching a level we haven't seen. Niners Saints. Mm-hmm. I am watching Emmanuel Sanders throwing touchdowns to Raheem Mostert. Right. I'm watching Kyle Shanahan's use of formation and how everything looks the same, but they're all different variations. The play to Kittle, yep. they use that formation three other times. I'm watching on the other side, um, the Saints and Sean Payton dialing up trick plays constantly, um, going for a fourth and 17 fake punt, but the, the guts to do it, and you can't really say it was a mistake because they had a lead they with less it. than two minutes yes. left. Yes. They So, like, it, but it, the aggressiveness, I'm watching the Ravens and the way they're using Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and, and, and Greg Roman. I'm watching the Patriots call multiple flea flickers, not because they wanted to, because they, they needed, needed to. Right. I'm watching the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and, and having a Travis Kelsey tight end run where he fakes an option with Andy Reid. We are in an era right now where if you want to win, your play caller needs to dial up special stuff. The Bears were doing it on Thursday night. We, I think we're in the best generation of play calling. We're also in an era where not only, like, like I'm saying when I played, probably a little bit before, you had to dial up plays for your star running back or your star receiver. You didn't have multiple guys that you can dial things up for. But these teams that you're seeing, San Francisco, 
you know, if, if you're not watching them closely, you may not even understand that they have three or four running backs that come in and out of the game, and, and all, all look, of them ball. All look good. All of them ball. Emmanuel Sanders is doing his thing. Debo Samuel is practically it, a running back. Like they just have a bunch of different guys. And before that, before these, you know, last few years here, you, know, you had a couple guys that were special on these teams. Now you got a bunch of different guys, and all you have to do is get them the ball in space. Yes. And watch them make magic. It's pretty cool to be a part of. And I'll, I'll say this. Last year offseason was the find the people that were close to Sean McVay. Yeah. This year is going to be Kyle Shanahan, undoubtedly, uh, especially when I go and I, I see a rookie quarterback in Drew Locke uh, with the Broncos. Yeah. That, his, his OC is Rich Scangarello. They hung up 38 on the Texans. Rich Scangarello was coaching under Kyle Shanahan with the Niners last yeah. year. Yeah. And that's a young quarterback. So, um, what what Kyle was able to do in that game yesterday where it all looks simple, the running game is clicking, Jimmy Garoppolo is now operating at a high level. Um, and, and I just, I, I tweeted this out about the Niners. We entered this stretch with the Niners being the first team in the history of the NFL this late in the year facing three teams in a row with a winning percentage of 800 or more. That's right. They destroyed the Packers. Mm -hmm. They were in a knockout, drag-out fight against the Ravens yep. in Baltimore in the rain and lost on a 49-yard field goal to the best kicker in the history of the game and then went into the Superdome and beat up offensively. Their defense got taken because Drew Brees was able to do it. Yeah, but, but they were able to win on a field goal in the Superdome, mm -hmm. scoring over 90 points combined. Yeah. They went 2-1 and one with two games on the road. This was a team that we questioned their schedule early in the season. And they've been able to go, no, we are for real. The Niners are for real. And I think we talked about that run beforehand. I think it's important to look at that run afterwards, too. I, I think it's when you talk about the, the Niners, the biggest question was, is Jimmy G for real? I mean, that was the question. Is he for real, especially early on in the season? We knew that their defense was going to be good. You got a bunch of draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. They had some weapons offensively, and, and you knew that Kyle Shanahan could throw things together. You weren't quite sure if the quarterback can bring it all together. But when you watch what he's done over these last couple of weeks against the best teams yes. in the NFL, it's been impressive. You combine that with the hottest coordinator in the league, the best tight end in the league, and one of the best defenses, even though they didn't show it yes. yesterday in the league. You have to imagine. I mean, when we saw this game a couple of weeks ago, 49ers, Ravens, you have to imagine that that's going to be the Super Bowl matchup. So that, that has to be it. I, I think. You would think. Well, look, man. But, but that's, but that's it the, all comes down to the tournament. That's the great part about the tournament. Yes. Because right now I'm saying 49ers, Ravens, it's a lock. Yes. Come Super Bowl time or maybe the first round of the playoffs, I may be something, saying something totally different next week. I may be saying something totally different. I said in the in the NFC that three-team rotation of Niners, Packers, Saints that are the three best teams in the yeah. NFC, I said that the worst matchup for the Niners was the Saints because Drew Brees gets the ball out so quick and their pass rush wasn't going to get there. That was accurate. Yes. I didn't know Jimmy G was going to reach this level. I didn't realize that they were going to be able to run so well on this Saints defense. Right. Now, I will say this about the Niners. They are getting banged up right now, and I'm starting to get worried. Richard Sherman was hurt for a little bit. Another uh, corner was hurt. They lost Weston Richburg in yep. this game. Yep. They're starting center. 
The Niners are they're getting hurt right now, and I don't want to gloss over it. Like Richard Sherman might not play next Couple week. Couple weeks. But, it, but it, to me, for them to go there was a huge statement win. Because I thought they could run all over the Packers. I didn't know if they'd be able to run on the Saints. They didn't really have that much success running. No. It really was Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he had a day. But what I do love is that Tevin Coleman's barely gotten any carries the last few weeks. It's just weird. It's it's Raheem Mostert. That's right. This is what Belichick does. You let your running backs rest, mm-hmm. and you use them in waves. And the dream is, is they've mapped it all out, and maybe Tevin Coleman is a better playoff matchup. runner. It's a matchup. You know, so um, I, I love where the Niners are. Um, the only other streak. So we talked about, we looked at the Niners schedule ahead of time, uh, and we wanted to look back at it. We looked at the Ravens. We yep. did that last week yep. about how they face that incredible thing. They've won nine games in a row. It's tough to beat. But there was one other run that we wanted to look at, mm-hmm. and that was the Patriots. Because the Patriots, much like the Niners, were, were being dinged a lot for having a weak strength of schedule early in the year. Remember, the, the Patriots had the easiest. Niners was like top 10 easiest. That's right. That's right. And then the Patriots were going to play in succession Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. And we said, we will know about the Patriots' defense after this stretch. I have statistics here for, like, total passing yards and all that stuff allowed. They allowed 210 yards rushing to Baltimore, 162 yards passing, so 372. So in the last five games, I'll just read out, this is the net yards, 372, 255, 321, 276, 346. Mahomes was able to have success. They only sacked him once. They sacked Dak zero times. Remember, they played Carson Wentz and Dak in inclement weather. But we saw the Chiefs able to push the ball against them on Sunday. Travis Kelsey had success. Mecole Harmon had success. They did get a special team. Uh, wow. You know who that is. What up, Lefko? Pat Pat coming here off another brutal loss. What is that, two in a row? Is this what Jets fans feel like all the time? I don't like it, Lefko. It's bad enough that it's been over 10 months since the Patriots won a friggin' Super Bowl. <laughs> all right, Lefko, look, you're from Philly, so let me put this in terms that you'd oh, understand. And I'll take with me the memories <laughs> of our six Super Bowls to be my sunshine. Tommy Brady, you are my sunshine, Tommy. You are the Usain Bolt of 42-year-old quarter. Quarterbacks. Little known fact, right before this season, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Bob Kraft, Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck, Jimmy Tingle, and Donnie Wahlberg all met up in their secret meeting room on the roof of the John Hancock building to decide which games they were going to lose this year. At that meeting, we decided Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, three young quarterbacks that now have to beat the Patriots twice in the same season to get to the Super Bowl. Ain't happening, Skipper. It's the perfect storm starring Mark friggin' Wahlberg. Pat, Pat, out! All right, what are your thoughts on Pat, Pat Westbrook? Well, Pat, Pat, you're the man, dude. Thanks you know, as always. You know what I love about Patriots fans? Tell me. Is that they have this thing about them that just says, you know what? Bill Belichick has a plan. The plan is to just allow these things to happen, these bad, terrible things to happen so that we can have success in the future. He, they believe that, oh, we'll let you know these young quarterbacks. You talk about Lamar. You talk about Deshaun Watson. Yep. Obviously, Mahomes. We'll let them beat them. So, so they'll let us. We'll let them beat us, so that we can go ahead and beat them up in the playoffs. They're not watching what's going on with this football team. They're not watching how of a struggle it is for this offense to stay on the field. 
Yesterday, and this has to be a career low, and I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. This has to be a career low. Tom Brady and the Patriots offense were 16% on third down converting. 16% of the time they convert. That means they can't stay on the field. You wonder why he had 169 yards passing, 184 yards passing, because they can't stay on the field long. They don't have a bunch of weapons, and this is what happens to a lot of quarterbacks. And really, we're, we're kind of going through something similar uh, to this with, in, in Philadelphia. As you age, you need better players around you. You can't carry the team. And this is the problem we're talking about in Philly because Carson Wentz is a young man. Tom Brady needs more weapons around him. He doesn't have the security blanket. doesn't have the built-in matchup problem of Gronkowski. doesn't have the best blocking tight end in the league in Gronkowski. So they can't get the running game going. What the hell has happened to Sony Michelle? He's done. He, 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 gets, he gets no yards per carry. I mean, he just looks like a shell of himself at this point. That offensive line looks terrible. Tom Brady can't carry the team anymore. And it makes sense. I'm just wondering, Bill Belichick being the, being the mastermind that I think he is, that everyone thinks that he is, I'm wondering where he thought this was going to work. And I know you brought in Antonio Brown for this exact reason. Because the guys on your team – just weren't good enough, you, you got to find a way. And, and, and I don't know that they have an answer. And I don't know that this changes because this has been happening for the last five, six games in a row. I want to put into context of this that I agree with Pat Pat and I also need to issue a warning to Pat Pat. You should. Here's why I agree. The Patriots had a turnover in their own zone that led to a Chiefs touchdown. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The offense continues to not look great. Mm-hmm. They got screwed after that incredible play by Nikhil Harry. Absolutely. Uh, they um, ha- got screwed that the whistle blew on Travis Kelsey. They weren't able to return that. Part of the game. And yet they were still less than five yards away from sending it to overtime. And I will say that if I was a Patriots fan like Pat Pat, and I wanted to think positive, I would go, you know what I did see, though? I did see Nikhil Harry make that play. Yes. You should like that. And that's what I need. Mm-hmm. I saw Matt Lacoste almost come down with a touchdown. And that could have been interesting. They're doing this with all these issues. They're still blocking punts. Yep. The Patriots, this is exactly what happened to the Texans. They were down like 20 points, and you look up, and they have the ball with time left to possibly tie the game. They're never going to be out. And all these quarterbacks are young. And not all these quarterbacks are used to the playoffs. Yeah. And God forbid they mess up in these next four weeks and you got to go to Foxborough. I'm saying that there's the positivity. Here's the scary thing. Here's the warning. The Patriots, in, the, in three of their last five games, the Patriots against Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes allowed 88 points in those three games. In their other 10 games this year... <laughs> That ruined my good take. In their other 10 games this year, they've allowed 80. Mm-hmm. So 80 points over 10 games, which is the Patriots, that this is the reason that they could have Best defense by, in the league, right, right, right. But against the quarterbacks that they will face for the next decade, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, they allowed 88. And in those games, went 0-3. Yeah. That is the, my new perspective of the Patriots, because this is the Patriots. They will beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Absolutely. The guys that are harder to game plan for, that don't just sit in the pocket, that don't just throw when they're supposed to throw, they give them issues. Now, 
Deshaun and Mahomes had big leads, and their defenses made it tough to hold on. Lamar just shellacked them. But 88 points in three games, 80 in the other 10. I just did the math. It's interesting. Well, it's interesting. But the other part to those good points that you made is that they needed a block punt to be able to score. They needed a fumble recovery. And if those things don't happen, then the score, we, we talk about a different score. So they're not in some of those At games. the same point, they're a team that I think has more punt blocks than any team in the NFL. There's a reason and that, for that. And, and when I look at Belichick and his focus on special teams and conditioning and to details, like you, they got a blocked punt last week and then got a punt, block, punt blocked this week too. If you can't stop them after the week after they do it, I just think that we have to accept that the Patriots are going to do things like no, that. No, that, that block punt was a bad job. The guys on the right side, they they instead of blocking the man in front of them, the guard went out and blocked someone else. But this that, is the that, Patriots. Why. Yeah, I know it's the Patriots, but I mean, you got to look at the facts. He just blocked the wrong guy. That's an individual making an error. He does a terrible job. And, and the Kansas City Chiefs have a good special teams coach in Dave uh, Tobe. And so that's just a terrible job by that one individual player. Listen, the Patriots got 10 points off of a, a turn, two turnovers and a block punt in a turnover. That's, yep. that's what happened. So this game would have been a lot uglier than it actually was if they didn't get that. I understand. I think you told me two weeks ago we that are, I should never say anything bad about the Patriots. It should be a mix of both of our philosophies. We are both right and we are both wrong. You are right that this Patriots team is worst position than it has been ever, the, maybe since two thousand nine. A long time. That's right. And and when they uh, it was it was rough and and they made the playoffs. It was an early exit. But I also think you need to acknowledge that Bill Belichick is going to win some games that this team really shouldn't because of their talent level, and because they are the most buttoned up which, team in which the NFL. Which one of those games has he done that yet? Has he done that this season? Let me take a look. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna let because you all, all of those three games that you talked about were winnable games that you would think that he would win one of those games. Okay, but I also think that all like, the other games that he won were games that he should have won. But, like for, average but football for me, teams. like the win over the Cowboys, the win over the average Eagles, football team, average fa- football team. Oh, well, no, this is just their schedule. The fact that they the beat Bills the Bills the, sixteen to that's ten. That's the only game. Um, but my my thing though is. Look, they're going to play the Bengals. They're going to win. They end the year with the Dolphins. And then there's that Week 16 game against the Bills. That's right. What I saw in Bills-Ravens yesterday is my fear about the Bills. And early on, the Ravens said, we're going to get up on everybody because we don't think Josh can beat us deep. And I counted four overthrows in the first quarter Mm -hmm. where Josh Allen had either Colt Beasley, John Brown, or Dawson Knox wide open, and it didn't work. Then... The reason that I will never count out the Bills, much like they did in week one, where they were down 13 nothing to the Jets, they kind of, this is the identity of this team. They came back and won that game. They will fight until the end. Definitely. Yeah, surely will. Devin Singletary is a monster. They will. But when you needed it at the end and the refs were not calling pass interferences and the Ravens got away with a bunch— mm-hmm. They do not have the 50-50 guy. They have small options. Devin Singletary is small. Cole Beasley, John Brown, they are all small. And they can't win. And it comes down to, let's contain Josh Allen in the pocket. I don't think they have 
the the necessary weapons. They're missing one piece to really scare the Patriots. The one thing that the and so the Patriots are going to go into the playoffs at thirteen and three. They're going to get a bye and a home game at Foxborough. And if they have to go on the road to Baltimore, where they've already played, or home, if Baltimore stumbles. If I'm getting a one-game sample size with Belichick versus whoever the fuck, I'm just, like, you have to admit that he's the greatest coach of all time. He is. He is the greatest coach of all time. But also, you have to have things to coach. You have to have players to coach. And you can have the greatest coach of all time. And Josh so McDaniels, next... he can scheme up the best play of ever. So However, the... if guys, like, for example, that last play in, in, in the game with the you know against the Chiefs, that's a great play. Even though Bellet, I mean, even though Brady got pressure just a bit, they, they had an opportunity to make that and Brashad play. Brashad Breland, yeah, it was yes, it was yes, a yes. great defensive yes, play. It was. Normally, he gets the ball out a little bit quicker. He catches Edelman right after he makes the break. It's a great play. It just doesn't happen like that all the time. So part of Bill Belichick's greatness is absolutely you have some guys around Tom Brady, a knockout defense, and they're going to make some plays special teams wise and on defense. They don't have that same ability offensively to carry the torch. And if you're on the field uh, only a short amount of time and you're not converting your third downs, that defense that was knocked out early in the season, they get tired too. We saw that yesterday. It's interesting because the the way in which you beat the Chiefs is you run on them, right? James White had six carries. Rex Burkhead had seven. Sony Michelle had five. Brandon Bolden had one. Edelman had one. Brady had two. Brady had more carries. It was the fourth leading uh, rusher. But I just, for, for me, it's just as simple as this, is I believe in magic, and I believe in Belichick. And I also believe that Ditch the Playbook, my episode with Travis Kelsey, is the reason that the Chiefs beat the Patriots. Okay. And now, now you're talking. I have a theory. Okay. If there is any conspiracy theory music that you slowly want to bring in the back, I don't know if you have any. Uh, we did not talk about this ahead of time. <laughs> but I have a theory. Okay. And it it's what we did was we invoked the magic of the movie Dodgeball, colon, an underdog story. And here's how it happened. Our episode came out on Wednesday. Yes. Okay. What did we do? We destroyed a Kansas City Chiefs uniform by pouring wine on it. What are the colors of the Chiefs? Red and yellow. Mm -hmm. The same colors of Average Joe's, the underdog that won against Globo Jim. Okay. Sunday. What happened to the Chiefs uniforms? They were accidentally sent to New Jersey, and there was a chance that the Chiefs were going to have to forfeit if they didn't get to the stadium on time. That would have been What happened to the average Joe's team in their first match of the national tournament? They had a uniform mix-up, and they had to play in S&M gear because they were going to have to forfeit. <laughs> okay. But we set this in motion with this jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay? Globo Jim is the the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is White Goodman, okay? They are crazy. They yell at their teammates all the time. They have weird eating habits. And frankly, what is Tom Brady if not a white good man? In fact, the Patriots really, that's all they have. Rex Burkhead, Julian Edelman, white good men, Uh uh okay? I mean, let's even just be honest with ourselves. Both of them relied on a teammate named Michelle. Yes. 
White Goodman, Michelle, Sony, Michelle. Mm -hmm. Okay? I like that. I like that. The universe tried to tell us. Because earlier that day, the one o'clock, it should have seemed not necessary. But the team that had just beaten Globogen, the team that had just beaten the Patriots, the Houston Texans, what did they walk into the stadium wearing? What a mistake. Average Joe's uniforms. Bad decision. It was undeniable. The Chiefs were going to win in, to go in to Foxborough and win because of our video setting off a chain of events that gave the power of Average Joe's gym to the Kansas City Chiefs. You can't deny that. You can't deny those factors and how all those things played a part in this game. It's undeniable. I'm glad, I'm glad that you recognize it. And so to the city of Kansas City, I say thank you. Look, it even goes as far as to say that both LaFleurs won yesterday. The Packers and the Chiefs That's coaching. Right. That's right. A lot like but the Mr. LaFleur of Average Joe's gym. Does the that that is so true. You're so true, man. I am so true. And one of the LaFleurs is on San Francisco. They won as well. That's what I'm saying. Both LaFleurs won. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And if you notice, Travis Kelsey wears an earring a lot like Steve the Pirate. Ooh. So are you gonna believe me now? <laughs> I'd say yes. Are you, I like that. Okay. Um, hey, you, you're, putting a, you're putting a lot of things together. And it's starting to make me believe a little I'm bit. I'm not going to lie. Me and Ingver were texting uh, during the game. And I yeah. was like, I really want this to go to overtime so that it ends in sudden death. Yes. Exactly like how it ended. Sense. He was like, you're literally – I go, I'm working. It's this a conspiracy is- theory. Uh, but it did bring up interesting thing with Average Joe's. Before we get to Bengal Tank, we're, we're kind of saving it, I guess. Uh, Average Joe's. Everyone saluted the Texans. Years ago, they wore the varsity jackets, got destroyed by the Patriots in the mm-hmm. divisional round. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of flipped it around and dressed as SWAT team members and beat the Patriots, and they said they came in with the energy. And then they came in wheeling one of their teammates as Patches O'Houlihan yes. in a wheelchair yep. and wore average Joes with dodgeballs and then got destroyed, destroyed. Yeah. by the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. The SWAT team was not a costume thing. For me, it was like a mindset where it was like, we're coming in and it's war. Globo Jim, my brother's bachelor party. I'm sorry for spitting on you. Uh, one, of the things we, one of the things we <laughs> talked about was, should we go as Globo Jim around Halloween? Really? Like that was a bachelor pride party. That was a costume contest. There was no mindset. Like, they're in there, like, probably saying dive, dip, dip, dodge, duck, and dodge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. What they're doing is trying to lose a football game. They're not thinking about winning a football game Dude, is what they're doing. screw the Texans. I should not have apologized to them last week. We jumped on their bandwagon week. again last week. You tried to convince me. Screw Bill O'Brien. You got destroyed I by the Broncos. I didn't know that they were going to come dressed up again. And if I knew they were dressing up every single week. I would have been out a long time ago. But this is how I always decide who the good coaches are. Defense can't get When you field. have a big win and then you deflate, I'm over it. The Ravens, they get a big win. They're right back battle in the next still week. Still hungry, still humble. They want to get after it. Packers week to week. Saints week to week. They gave Bill O'Brien the ball last week, the game ball last week. Beat his mentor. And he went home and he talked oh, about oh. it and he called he had his friends. Had a great friends. time with it. He caught up on the Watchmen He won, Watchmen it, he won his Super Bowl HBO. last week. Bill O'Brien did. Yes. And got smoked at home by the doggone Broncos, who are now 5-8. and eight. And I want to give a quick wow. shout-out to Vic Fangio. Okay. Who I love, 
who was one of my favorite coaching quotes this offseason because he was speaking like what he is, practically a 70-year-old Italian man that doesn't deal with the bullshit. Mm -hmm. But every week I watch the Broncos, and every week I was betting against the Broncos, they have come out and fought every single week. They knock off the Chargers. Drew Locke comes back, and they knock off the Texans. That defense, they missed Von Miller. The Broncos have been battling with Joe Flacco, Mm -hmm. Brandon Allen, and now a rookie quarterback in Drew Locke. Vic Fangio, that's what you want out of a new coach, is to come in and provide energy. I feel the same way about Brian Flores Flores in Miami. You see him yelling at the refs at the end of the game? He He ain't taking no bullshit. He wanted an altercation after the game. That's why Brian Flores is in my top five coaches that you don't want to fight against. Mike Vrabel got upset at me that I put Flores ahead of him. Because Flores is a lot smaller than Vrabel. Vrabel's a nut. Vrabel is a guy that you don't want to meet up with in the, in the alley. You heard he cut off his dick to win his team a Super Bowl? I would. I did not hear that. Yeah, he said that in the offseason. Yeah. And then he said, I asked him who would do it, and he said his wife. Really? Yeah, this is all documented. I, I hope that that's just a play on words. What would happen if right before the playoffs, <laughs> Vrabel came in and was holding it in a bag? I would be like, yeah, I'm I was out. like, I did my part. <laughs> exactly. I did my part. Saturday your team turn. meeting. Now yeah. it's your turn. I would. Would you? Would, would you? Like you would have to fight for that dude. Yeah. Like in the huddle. No, you would have in to the huddle, everything. you're like, this motherfucker cut his dick yeah. off. You know what Coach did, and you would bring it. The captain of the defense would bring that out right before the. If first I play. was Vrabel, and I first of all do don't it for do coach. it, and if he does do it, that'd be insane. But could you imagine if he brings <laughs> it to the <laughs> sideline of him, and it's like the divisional round? He's in Foxborough, and he goes, Bill, Bill. <laughs> I'll do anything. Like I like, th- like that would psych the other team out, right? Bill Belichick is so good. He would adjust. Bill on the Belichick. Side. Would he would like, go in the blue tank, the blue tent. Yes, and do the same thing. And Belichick, and then he would hold up two dicks. I cut my Whoa. sons off too. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> Steven, thank you. This is crazy. Steven's like, he didn't ask me. <laughs> did it? But I mean, I mean, but you like, know, I just want to spend time with, with my dad. You know, it's my dad, and I watched film and uh, thirty-one doggone points. The Texans gave up before halftime. 31 points it's, as they're willing the boys in. And you know what that really says? That because, they suck. No, because a lot of people were like, the Texans defense is turning the corner because they shut down the Patriots. No. But what we're realizing is... The Patriots offense. That's not that hard to do. Yep. And But that that's at this point of the year, you're just constantly looking for like people to reframe what, what teams actually are. No, no, no. Because we no, get no, too what, hot on people. What are you talking about? What? That's exactly what I'm asking you to do. And here you are five minutes ago telling me, no, it's the Bill Belichick. I'm like, yes, what, but are you, but, what are you watching? But I'm Have just, you seen the Patriots play? And what Have I, you watched yes. them? Because this is what you just said. Because, you know, people, they refuse to reframe the way, the way they think. Uh, yeah, Adam Lefko, <laughs> reframe the way that you're thinking. I'm reframing the Texans, but I'm saying that. And the Patriots, reframe them I, too. I refuse to. Did you like the voice I gave? But, you know. Uh, that was good. That's, that's you. It was good because it was making fun of me. I some but it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like a traditional white guy voice. Yeah, I know. A lot of people do that. Well, (laughs) nerdy white guy. I just, I refuse to admit that the Patriots aren't going to be there. I know, I know. Like, I would bet a lot of money, and I know the Ravens are great, and here come the Chiefs, and uh uh-oh, what about the Titans, and the Steelers are making a run. I would bet a large amount of monies that the Patriots will make the Final Four. They will make the AFC Championship game. No. They're going to have to go on the road, right? So they'll have one home game. You don't know, bro. They'll have to go on the road and play. They're not going to roll. 
I don't know. All right. We've taken enough time. I don't even know what the segment's called anymore. It could be Eagle Tank. It could be Bengal Tank. It could be Giant Tank. It could be Dolphin Tank. It could be Raider Tank. Ooh. It could be anything. Hey, ever since we jumped on the Raiders bandwagon, yeah, they went fault. downhill. Yeah, fast. when you did that hot take. Oh, they went down. Hey, John Gruden, come on, bro. Well, you we, better than that. Well, we said that all they had to do was beat the Bengals and the Jets. Yeah. They'd be seven and four, and then they lost to the Jets. They got high on Well, they, they lost Josh Jacobs. That's a big part of their offense. And, and also, let's be real about the Raiders. Their defense was an issue all year because of yep. personnel, yep. because of injuries. Yes. They didn't have the talent. They're still going to have to figure it out. Uh, but. Warren Sharp was all over the Titans. Was he? Oh, dude. Well, they, they're getting high. If you bet with Warren Sharp on the over on the Titans and on any Ryan Tannehill props. Oh, wow. Warren had a monster week. I'm sorry I'm delaying it again. He was all over San Francisco money line and the okay. offense is mm-hmm. having a day. Uh, I, I called me Cole Harmon, but like Warren was on fire. And before we get to Bengal Tank, Giant Tank, Eagle Tank, I, I need to admit, I had one of my worst betting weekends from this standpoint. I forgot to enter the super contest picks, so I went 0-5 probably, mm-hmm. and I'm like 99% sure that when I came in here and I held up my Ravens ticket that I hit the over eight and I probably won like $200, yes. I think I lost the ticket. Because oh! I went to Atlanta for the Turner thing, That's a and I was running to an Uber, yep. and I... <laughs> Excuse me. I remember throwing my bag, and I remember stuff came out of my front pocket. Wow. And I think a cleaning lady threw out my Ravens over eight wins betting ticket for a few hundred dollars. And I don't know if, if like there, if me showing the ticket on video is enough for the casino to give me money. No, 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 they're not, but they're not going to, I don't think that I took a a picture of it. No, you're not getting a picture. No, Mm -mm. but I may have punched a wall. Ryan Tannehill, best tackle of the day yesterday. Well, it was an interception. Uh, an interception. Thanks, thanks for comforting me. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It was too bad about that. A couple hundred bucks. Right, don't worry about it. You're all right. You'll be all right. I have a wedding to pay for. That's true. You need to go find that cleaning lady then. Find the cleaning <laughs> lady. Get your, hey, she probably is at the damn sports book right now. Yeah, she went from Atlanta t- to Vegas. Yes. Smoking a cigarette. Ticket. That's Woo! right. Things are working right, out good let, for Let's her. get to the tank. Let's enter the tank. Welcome back to Dolphin Tank. That's right, we're going with the original title. I don't care if they have a better record than the Bengals and the Giants. They've got the worst point differential in the league, and I literally cannot remember a team getting to 21 points without scoring a touchdown. Incredible work, Dolphins. First into the tank. Usually, an NFL coach gets fired because a quarterback has played poorly. But in this case, Lefko believes one coach should be fired specifically because a certain quarterback is actually playing very well. Grab your magnifying glass and deerstalker cap because we've got a dolphin tank mystery. Mm, Yes. I believe that there's a coach in the NFL that should not be getting fired because of his current quarterback's success. He should be, or failures, he should be getting fired because what his former quarterback is doing right now. Mm. And I will not take any more questions at this time. (laughs) What? 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 Okay. So his former quarterback is doing well. Yes. A lot better than when he was with him. And a lot better than he In was. fact, I would say that a lot of people blamed this coach's lack of success mm-hmm. partially on the fact that his former quarterback wasn't that good. 
And his former quarterback is playing well right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you know who it is because I, I know I Brian a, Westbrook's faces. I think I got a good idea. I think you do too. And so am I buying the fact that you want to blame? I want to get rid of this coach. Yes. Because this coach has a young quarterback. We've talked about this coach. And this young quarterback ain't playing that great. Nope. nope and so nope. I'm looking at the fact that his former quarterback's balling. Yeah. With an offensive system that wasn't supposed to be that great, with yep. an offensive line that's really not that good. Mm-hmm. Does this former? I mean, just does it, does a corner? About. Does a current quarterback <laughs> has he ever had a case of the kissing disease? That's his current quarterback. Yes. Yes. His, yes. Yeah. Adam Gase. So, are you buying that? The it, Jets should move on from Adam Gase, not because of the travesty that we've seen this season for a team that went out and spent a lot of money, lot of money. signing guys like Le'Veon Bell, yes. and we're not seeing the jump from Sam Darnold that we are from other second-year quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. That's not the reason we should let them go. And because they have a lot of current players on the injured reserve that don't like to coach. No, we should let them go because Ryan Tannehill looks like the next coming of... Jake the Snake, I don't know. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's bowling right he's now. Balling, yeah. And Adam Gase, all those years, are like, oh, he's winning despite Ryan well, Tannehill. He, Adam Gase obviously held Ryan Tannehill back last year in Miami, but here's the deal. So do you agree with me? No, I don't. No, I, I think that you shouldn't fire him because of that. I think the Jets have a bunch of work to do. They got to figure out their roster. They got a bunch of things that they got to figure out in the roster. But Ryan Tannehill has been successful because they got a nasty run game going on right now. And that attitude of that football team down there has been awesome, led by Mike Braber, who we just spoke about. Now, so, the GM of the Jets, Joe Douglas, mm-hmm. was not the GM that hired Adam Gase. That's right. He was brought in after. Yep. Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to work backwards, from Oakland backwards. These are his quarterback ratings. 140. Balling. This sounds like if you've ever watched darts, uh, I'm going to read it like a guy from darts. 140, 131, 155, 133, 82, 109, 120. That's for my dart fans that, out there. Is that a dart, like the throwing darts? Have you ever seen on TV? No. The best part is the announcer. Because really? the best thing that you can get is three triple 20s, mm-hmm. and that's 180. And the crowd loses their fucking minds. And the announcer always goes, 180. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm nailing it right now. Like You don't know what I'm talking yeah, about? But trust no me, fucking nailing it. But I joke, those quarterback ratings, they're awesome. Like, the fact that he has, right now for the season, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He's at, He's got a, a completion percentage of 73. In, like, 8 games, he's got almost 2,000 yards. I'm just watching Ryan Tannehill, and I'm thinking about all those years with Jarvis Landry and yeah. Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I got, I'm just thinking, if I'm Joe Douglas and I have Sam Darnold, and this Adam Gase guy is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer because he had an above-average year with Jay Cutler yep. and Peyton Manning and Wes Welker and all those other wide receivers had a historic year. But really, was that Peyton Manning or Adam Gase? Peyton. I think it was. Peyton. I think it may have been Peyton. Manning. I would say Peyton. Yeah, because then he won his fifth MVP. Probably yes. Peyton. Yeah. Um, I would start to wonder. I brought him. Uh, he was brought in to be the quarterback groomer. Is he the guy? 
Well, I, I think it's way too early to tell, quite honestly. But I think you need to make the decision soon because well, Sam Darnold's developing. Well, We're I going think, into I year think, three. I think you got to give him a chance. I think you got to find a way to get that offensive line together. But I, I think you have to ask yourself the question, okay, is this the right guy? Same question that you're asking with every underperforming young quarterback in the league. Is this the right guy to take him to that next level? I Again, I'm just going to tell you this. and I Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. This is a running back thing. But your run game helps you in the pass game. Sure. Derrick Henry, last seven games, over four yards a carry. We told you this was going to happen, man. This was a, this was a Bengal tank three weeks ago. He's been awesome. Over five yards a carry the last four games. In, in fact, two of those games, 188 yards against Kansas City, 159 yards against the Jags. He had 8.7 and 8.2 and 8.4 yards a carry, which yes. I don't know how that happens. The other – I watched him yesterday. Yeah, 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 please. I watched him yesterday. And I like like a lot of times you, you kind of just say guys are making business decisions. I watch several players on several different plays say, you know what? Not today. In the Raiders, who is supposed to be hard-nosed, nasty John Gruden coach football team, saying, you know what, that's not gonna help me. Yes. If the Jets had something similar to this in in in, in New York, then they would be a lot better. That's how you help a young quarterback. I, I, that's what they thought they were getting with Levy. I will say the other person that's making me question a lot is Marcus Mariota. Ooh. Because the true thing he is, couldn't get is it done. like Ryan Tannehill is in the in the situation that Marcus Marietta hopes to be in next year. Mm-hmm. He will not be re-signed by the Titans. Yep. He will be picked up by another team, much like Tannehill yep. was, in likely a backup role with the hope of the quarterback doesn't work out, I will step in and show right. my worth. That's right. The the other thing is I wanna I wanna ground us a little bit in the Titans. Remember, their last four games are the toughest four games in the NFL compared to every other team in terms of strength of schedule. Also, they put up a lot of points on Oakland. Oakland defense has been awful. They put up a lot of points on Jacksonville. Their defense has been awful. Indy's defense, we just saw Tampa Bay put up like a 40 spot on them. Kansas City's defense, not really known. So, But the thing that I am excited about if I'm a Titans fan is – they're doing game plan specific for the games. He threw for 27 times against Oakland. Mm-hmm. He threw for 19 times against Kansas City. That was more of a running game. With Derrick Henry and with like a wide receiver like A.J. Brown kind of blossoming, this team could maybe try it different ways. I'm just going to say the Titans are not for real in the long run. You can throw all over this Titans team with injuries on the back end, yeah. but... Props to Ryan Tannehill doing exactly what he needed to do and getting a big contract. But I, I'm excited. I would rather watch the Titans play than the Steelers right now. But they're exciting football because the Steelers are like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna sack the crap out of you," and Duck Hodges is gonna like Figure maybe throw yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I like the way that the the Titans are playing. I love a nasty team, and Brable breeds that nasty football. He does. I like that. He's gonna cut his dick off. All right, let's go back to Dolphin Tank. Next into the tank, Lefko believes one NFL GM has finally found his franchise quarterback after years of searching. He's looking for a 10% stake in Brock Osweiler's $72 million contract. Yep, so $7.2 million. Uh, I believe that this GM has gotten a lot of um, shit uh, for his drafting, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe that they, this team has found their young quarterback of the future. Mm. I really believe that. Okay. Um, they have they drafted quarterbacks in the past? Yes. They have. And they've all been unsuccessful. You know it already. Do I? Yes, I know you're. Fa- oh, gross. What's, what's going on today, man? 
I, this coffee. Is everything okay? Everything <laughs> okay? Well, I fi- if you want me to, I finally got some azithromycin uh, to battle this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been finally. I'm, chugging, I'm so medicine. much better than I was a week and a half ago. And but this coffee is making me a little bubbly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe just lay off the coffee for a little bit. Yeah, it gives me the juice. <laughs> Might be what you need. All right, so All right, so I think Drew Lock is, yeah, right, okay, is the franchise yeah, quarterback. Yeah. Um, few reasons. One, now I know that Von Miller has come out in the past and he's spoken very glowingly about Paxton Lynch and some he other has. guys there. He has. But I also know that Von Miller speaks in certain levels. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that Von Miller was the first and only guy to say that Trent Brown is a franchise left tackle because he faced him during camp against the Niners, and he went to the to the reporters afterwards, and he said, that guy right there is going to be a tackle. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being true. He also said that Patrick Mahomes was going to be an absolute stud after the Week 17 game, the only game that Patrick Mahomes started in, in that, that first year. He said, this guy's going to be incredible. I believe that Von Miller has a very good eye for talent. I, I don't say this tongue-in-cheek. I really believe that. Okay. I also believe, and even though he's not on the show anymore, he's still my homie, that Chris Sims is one of the best quarterback evaluators that we have in media. I, can see. I, can I believe that. that certain people are better at evaluating certain positions, and I believe that Sims has a track record of being right. Mm-hmm. He said Wentz was going to be better than Goff. He said that he didn't like Baker Mayfield, Blake Bortles. He thought Teddy Bridgewater was good, but he wasn't going to be a star. Um, He also said that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were going to be very good quarterbacks when everyone said they weren't. And he wasn't really, and he was like on that, uh, this last draft. Who, Who went this last draft? I... Oh, he was the first and he was the first and big guy on Patrick Mahomes. Okay. <laughs> when everybody liked Trubisky, uh, liked Trubisky, he had Mahomes number one before anybody else. And then what was his last draft? This was Drew Lock in the second round, Daniel Jones, yep. Haskins. Yep. Um, he was like, I don't see it in Daniel Jones, but he loved Drew Lock. Did he? Loved him. What did he say about Haskins? Just I'm a lot sure, of I'm people sure. say that Sims. Uh, he thought that Haskins uh, had very good potential. I'm sorry. The problem with Haskins is we're never going to be able to evaluate Haskins. That's He's right. on Washington. Yep. They're going to go through a coaching change. Like their best left. Like we're never going to get an evaluation of Haskins. Of Haskins is bizarro. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson went exactly where he needed to. Haskins was like, "Hey, bro, good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, Try your best." But a lot of people get on Sims because they say he cares about physical attributes too much, and that's when then Chris does his, ooh. Like, if you don't care about arm strength and athleticism and the size of you, if you just write those things off, I'm just going to call you an idiot because, like, those things do matter. Like, Lamar Jackson is a physical specimen. Josh Allison is, Allen is a physical specimen. Patrick Mahomes, like, what Aaron Rodgers can do with his arm is incredible, mm-hmm. and what it does. Deshaun Watson's ability to throw it deep is incredible. Like, Physical matters. Ask Tom Brady, would you rather be 24? Yes. So those things matter. And Drew Locke was the most physically gifted quarterback in this class. Six, he was the poster boy. Yeah. Now, sometimes it can fuck you up. Lane Gabbert was a physical specimen. Sometimes it can fuck you up. But Drew Locke has the tools, the growth that he's shown in these two weeks, the fact that he was given 10 weeks to learn this system and he's with Rich Scangarello right now, who we just talked about. Love so it's him. a Kyle Shanahan system. And you know how it's a Kyle Shanahan system? 
How many times do you see Denver Broncos highlights where Noah Fant is running wide open down the sideline? Wide open. That's right. How many times in that Shanahan offense do you see a tight end running wide? All the fucking time. Mm -hmm. I believe, and they feature Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, multiple running backs, just like the Niners do. I think that they got their guy in Drew Locke. And they can build it. And they got their guy in Cortland Sutton, their number one wide receiver. receiver. And they're going to enter... And I think Vic Fangio's the guy because who's the one de- defensive coordinator that fucked up Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean Payton? Yep. Vic Fangio. Right. Broncos hit their bottom of the barrel last year. I think they're going to be competing for the playoffs next year. I, I I don't disagree. I'll just caution you. Please. They played against the Chargers last two weeks. Drew Locke. Chargers Absolutely. and Houston Texans. Absolutely. So I'll just caution you. Absolutely. And, and I, I and listen, I, I I've seen a lot of Drew Locke, and I think he's going to eventually be a decent player. I'm not as certain as Chris and yourself. Yeah, I'm not. But, put, but we'll see. I'm not putting him top five, top yeah, ten. We'll see. He has a chance next year to break into the top fifteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, I'm I'm just saying he has the he has the tools to be that guy more than we've seen with any of these other guys they've tried to draft over the last a few A big years. part of having those tools is having the right people around you, yes. of course. Yes. You got a little bit of a running game already. Lindsey, Freeman, you got some receivers, and you got a great offensive coordinator. Yeah. And Noah Fant is one of those guys yeah, that could be of, special. Yeah. He really could be. Yeah. So it, it, it'll the, the key for them is if, if the Broncos want to be the next Niners, which I think every team in the NFL should want to be the way they're built right now, they need to look at the, the communication that Kyle and um, John Lynch have. Kyle doesn't buy the groceries, but he no. makes the list. John Lynch is a really good GM. And John Lynch really listened to him. He signed Kyle Juszczyk for a lot of money. Yep. He signed the, the Tevin Coleman's and the Raheem Mostert's. Yep. He went out there, and Kyle probably said, I want Emmanuel Sanders, and they went and got him. Mm-hmm. Kyle knows what he needs. He went and got Derek, I mean, McKinney, and, and McKinnon, and he ain't even played. Right. It's a couple of years ago. He ain't even played. But that's the same guy they got that the Abrita, that's the that same fit. guy as, as all the other running backs that Coleman. They're all the same they guy. They let the Mike Ayupati leave because yeah. he's a physical road grader. Yeah. But they needed the Western Richburgs that could get they out to move. the side. That's right. And so John Elway, if you really look at it, everyone's been shitting on him. And I have been too. But for him to draft Cortland Sutton, mm-hmm. Noah Fant, yep. if Drew Locke eventually pans out, this Dalton Reisner kid's been okay offensive line. Philip Lindsay late in the draft. They're starting to hit, but now they need to sit there and they need to look at their team and they go, our offensive style. If we want to be like the Niners and Scangarello wants to run that, we got to get these kind of offensive linemen. We need to replenish this defense because if Drew Locke gives them that five, that four-year window since he was a second-round pick of a quarterback at a low salary, they got to get good fast. They could do damage right now, but they got to do it now. Yeah, they got to get it fast. The other team, by the way, that I'm kind of thinking I want to go in December and say they're going to make the playoffs next year, but I'm not ready to do it yet, okay. is the Browns. <sighs> and it's because the, well, first, t- year, why, yeah. the first year always sucks. Yeah, I just don't know, wanna, know if I want because I think that if the team stays together amidst all this Odell stuff. That's a big if, though. I mean, that's a huge if. Because and when you say the team stays together, do you mean the coach too? Or do you mean the the, the, the team, the guys on the field? Here's what's so funny. We, we talked about this. Because that's a big if. If the Bengals, who, if the Browns, who play the Bengals again and the Cardinals and the Calders, Cardinals are collapsing, yeah. if they win two of their last three, mm-hmm. they're 8-8. Eight eight. 
It's yeah. the first time they've won eight games in 13 years. Mm-hmm. Also, Freddie, Kitchell imp- Freddie Kitchens is going to improve on the win-loss record from last year. Yeah. Well, but it'll but, be very weird conversation to have with Freddie Kitchens. But they also beat the Ravens, which <laughs> seems out of character right now yes. for the Ravens, and they beat the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger that one time. And yes, the of course. Time. So I that, so that could have easily been six and ten. But uh, I look at this team and the Odell situation is interesting. Yahoo Sports coming out with an article that came out on Monday that he feels lost in Cleveland. Uh, a, a source close to him said, "Quote." Fame got to him. He made bad choices, and now he has to redeem himself. Mm. I don't know what that's talking about. The other reports are that he told opponents to come get him. People went back and looked at the schedule. Two of the last few opponents, the Niners and the Patriots, two teams that I will tell you right now with certainty tried to trade for Odell before the Browns got him. I know Kyle Shanahan wanted him. I know Bill Belichick wanted him. Apparently in this Yahoo article, the inner circle has interest in him joining the Cowboys because why not? And the Saints because he's from New Orleans. There's a lot of smoke right now. And I want to say this because I am someone that is not unbiased. And while I do love Odell and I do love rooting for the players, I also want to keep it 100. Mm-hmm. All of this is coming from Odell's camp. Absolutely. All of it. Absolutely. And so. If Odell is upset, Baker gave us a window into why. And Baker wanted to stand up for his dude, but he needs to learn that standing up for your dude is going to hurt you from the head dude. And so what he did was he went up there and he said, our medical staff messed up. Our medical staff, he has hernia problem. He should have. Where do you think Baker heard that from? Odell. Of course. But. You just, you sit there after a loss and it's sort of like when your boss calls you in and you know you're right, but you sit there and you go, yep, yep, yep. There's nothing to gain from saying things in press conferences. There are things to gain from saying things in GQ. There are things to to gain from doing it on your own platform or uninterrupted or bleacher report. A podium is a waste of good sound. But what I'm saying is, is that Odell is clearly angry about that injury. Yes. Enough so that Baker's hurt him because Baker wants that man to stay. Because Baker wants Odell, but all of these stories right now are all coming from Odell's camp. Look, I'm seeing people that I know are friends with the camp posting on Twitter, where do you want to see Odell in a jersey next year? This is all Lefko PR. This is all to get people to start thinking about something. Well, I'll tell you this. First of all— So he's clearly upset. Baker was trying to endear himself to Odell. Yes. Because, of course, you want him there. He's making crazy— Face of franchise decisions, which are terrible. Whoever's whoever's talking to this guy before he goes into a media session, they need to be fired immediately. Because whoever that guy is supposed to say, hey, here's a question that they're probably going to ask you. These are the things they're interested in. They're obviously going to ask you about Odell, his lack of production, two catches, 39 yards. You have to handle this the right way for the organization. And you know who I put that on? Freddie Kitchens. Absolutely, he's part of it. Here's why. Let me break down how athletes, I I love that phrase. I don't know who's giving him advice because common fans are going to go, oh, he's got a room of people giving him advice, marketing people. Let me tell you what these people are. Marketing people are typically younger people that are afraid of the athlete and they just want them to be happy. Right. And their advice is always don't say anything. The athlete looks at them and goes, you don't know anything. I don't even know your name. I'm just being real right now. The agent is sitting there going, 
Like they'll, they'll strategize and stuff, but that dude's thinking about money right. and like they're always advice is going to be like, don't say anything. Okay. We live in a generation where people are trying to say things because they want to be on Instagram and they want to be on sports center. And Baker was trying to go, I'm here for my duties, a warrior, but he didn't have to give the details. So the only person that really sits him down and goes, this is what you need to do is kitchens. Well, that's why Freddie kitchen is going to be out of there too, because he hasn't done that with an entire team. Yes. Team needs discipline. I saw a feature, I believe it was on ESPN, about Mike Tomlin and the way in which he uses his words. And if I'm wrong about who I'm attributing this to, I apologize. It was about how Mike Tomlin is very particular with his words. After the Brown Steelers melee, he said, I am not going to comment on this. I have too many things going on in my head. And someone said, so you're not going to say anything? He said, nope, no comment. And then he went, and that whole team was unified. Freddie Kitchens had the T-shirt. Baker Mayfield, after every win, has now said something that is, quote, problematic. That he has to come back and say, I didn't mean it that way. I go back to the offseason when Freddie Kitchens and, and Baker Mayfield talked about neither of us have done it before. Mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens was always doubted his whole life and finally made it. Baker Mayfield was finally doubted his whole life and finally made it. And they shared that together. And I would ask anybody out there, you got friends from home that you've grown up alongside and you reach that new level and there's part of you that's leveling up and you need somebody that's been there before to go, listen, I know what got you here is what's making you great, but they fuck with a different rule set up here. Oh, different rule set. And it's those guys like the Tomlins and the Belichicks and the real leaders, the Pete Carrolls that can set everybody down and go, let me tell you what you're going through right now. Freddie Kitchens can't help Baker because he's never been there before either. There's a saying in horses, right? And I'll, I'll take you back to my horse. I riding. love that you're going here. This is great. If you have a green rider, which is a novice, and a green horse, somebody's about to get messed up. Because you got two people that have no clue what the hell they're doing. That's what's happening in yeah. Cleveland. If you have a a a a a, uh, a rider that has years upon years of knowledge yes. and a green horse, he can figure things out. All the mistakes, same thing with a coach. Hey, Baker, this is what you're going through. This is where you're going wrong. Or you have a horse that just knows things and a novice rider. Then you're like, hey, the horse is just going to stop. When I first started riding, I was making so many mistakes. I was falling off. The damn horse just stopped. Best horse I ever bought. Have the horse to this day. That's exactly what's going on in Cleveland. These two guys are just winging it, and they're making mistake after mistake. And Freddie Kitchen is losing his job slowly but surely. You can't keep doing this. You can't throw your medical staff, who at some point is still required to help Odell Beckham Jr. get healthy. You can't throw him underneath the bus. And let me tell you something about Odell. And listen, I'm here for his talent because I think he's one of the most talented guys that we've seen in the NFL in a very long time. When is he going to be happy? What, what point will he be? Let at? me defend Odell like this. Odell is the prized and most talented employee wherever he would go. Absolutely. If he was, I'm going to try and do, uh, if he was a, a builder of um, like an app or whatever for a Google, and then he went and he was at Google, which is kind of like the Giants organization, yeah. buttoned up. Everything's official, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then he goes to a startup. Yeah. And the guy that's supposed to be the project manager leading his team 
He's getting emotional all over the place. And the CEO of the company is fucking up yeah. and all that stuff. And then the founder of the company isn't giving enough money or something like that. He's going to sit there and go, what the hell have I just got myself into? That's where Odell is. Odell is so talented and he's going, I have a limited window. I can't deal with your fuck shit. Okay? Yes. Y'all, like, I got a quarterback that's not holding his end of the bargain, probably didn't work as hard as he needed to because he was shooting too many damn commercials. I got a coach that doesn't know what he's dealing with. My window's this big. And then he's got his boy, his best friend, Landry, in the meeting room going, yo, last year it was worse. Mm. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you with all that. And but I, and I also I, understand that it's about time. He needs, to, he needs to be the guy that levels them up. Eventually he's going to be the, the old The best players in the world do. Yeah. And, and listen, I, he's been hurt. I mean, obviously, he has a, 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 a hernia surgery. Yes. He's yes. going to need to get that sports hernia. He's been injured. I, I just hate to see him because at some point, things are going to be like, well, when is he ever going to be happy? We'll get him here, yeah. and we'll get him in New England. Tom Brady retires. He'll be pissed off for the next five, six years. Yes. When is he going to be happy? And You can't deny the talent. What's going to satisfy him? A winning team? Absolutely. Can he be a part of a winning team? We don't know that yet. I just – I. I don't want this to go on his permanent record that Odell hasn't won. And not all of this is his fault. It's not all his fault. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying a majority it's of this really is his incredible. fault. He was at LSU with no quarterbacks yeah. and a team that just said, let's run and play defense. He gets to the Giants at the end of Eli's career when he's got a noodle arm. Yep. Then he goes to Cleveland where it's like a complete blow-up situation. Yeah. You know what? Odell's going to have one of those Randy Moss careers where everyone's going to say he just couldn't get it fucking done. And then once everyone's written him off, he's going to go to a team where it has its stuff together, and his second act is going to be beautiful. That's so right. Odell, patience is a virtue. It's going to happen. Just like, I think there's a lot of parallels with Randy Ooh, what, what What do you think about Odell and Kyler Murray together? I'm just starting to think of teams that you can get to if you're Odell, and that you're like, now you're in a proper situation. Obviously, Seattle. I'll tell you where I'd really love Odell. Where? Philadelphia. That would be amazing. And guess who would love him there too? Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, everybody, everybody in it's Philly. Philadelphia, even though right now, and we're this is going to come out Tuesday. Yeah. And if they lose to the Giants, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna make myself vomit. Wednesday. Because I want to say that it made me vomit. Yes. But. It is a high-class organization close to vomit, with good structure, yeah. and I think Odell on the Eagles, I imagine he would be motivated to play the Giants twice a year. It's a major market. They cannot draft wide receivers. Nope. I mean, Matt Collins was playing for the Dolphins yesterday, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Like, they can't draft them. That's right. The only wide receiver they've gotten good was Alshon Jeffrey, and there was a, that was Trade. a trade. That would that would actually be amazing. So just give up your draft picks. And that we offense? gotta win now. Oh yeah, Why Odell, not? make yeah. the trade. Yeah, they would do it. I think All they right. would do it. This is the longest break between tanks. This we'll, we'll wrap up with our last tank. And finally, into the tank, Lefko is offering an investment opportunity in the number one offensive weapon in the game. This guy bucks the trends of the NFL and wins tons of games by himself. It is not Jameis Winston, but that's really funny if you thought it was for even half a second. Nobody can stop Jameis Winston when it's clicking. No, that's not it. Jameis Winston is a gif and a curse. Yes. He's going to giveth and taketh away. He is also a gif. Um, <laughs> um, okay. I believe that we have a new best weapon offensive in the NFL. Mm, okay. 
So the only hint I'm going to give you mm-hmm. is it's not Christian McCaffrey. But is it a running back? I'm not saying that. Are you are you going to answer that question? Is it a running back? Is that going to be one of your two questions get, that you get? I get three questions. No, you do not. Because per, you per just... our contract, I get three questions. That's one. Is he a running back? No, that's that's not an applicable. Every question. every year, you I mean every week you change Feels like years. <laughs> you change the rules. Um, there are times when he can be slotted in the backfield. That's how I answer that question. So he's not a running back. Well, I'm not saying yes or no. That, I'm going to be very vague on the other. That's two, a just pretty. That's a pretty important. Is he? Huh. <laughs> that's a, this is a good one. So he is Thank not. A, he's not a running back. He's a wide receiver. He can be slotted in the backfield. Does he play in the AFC? No. Plays in NFL. Who were you thinking it was though? I, I didn't really have a guess. I, I wanted it to no, be. No, you had one guy. I wanted in mind it to be AJ that Brown. Question. That's just what I really, really. Oh, wanted. gotcha. No, no, no. No, it's not him. No, he's um, impressive though. Um, and this guy you said plays for the 49ers, you said, or no? What? Did you say that? No. You didn't? No. Did? When did I, I say that? I, I'm just saying, did you say that? No, I did not say that. Okay. Does he play for the 49ers? Yeah. Is he? Debo I, Samuel. No, yes. Who is it? I believe that the best offensive weapon in the NFL right now is George Kittle. Boom. I believe I that. that the way he can be used as an offensive lineman that is pushing defensive line. I mean, that was the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And he was opening up running holes for yep. Breida and Mostert. Like, it was nobody's business and Debo Samuel. I believe that if he catches the ball in the open field, he can outrun any linebacker. Yep. I believe that if a defensive back, as we saw at the end of the last game, he can stiff arm two or three and then get you an extra 15 because they're pulling for dear mercy on his face. He comes up clutch all of the time. I believe his versatility, his strength, his speed, and the way in which he can be used, I believe that George Kittle is the best offensive weapon in the NFL. Prove me wrong. I agree with you. Let's clip that. Let's put that on social. I I watched him yesterday, and I was like, whoa. I've always thought, and I told you this before, that he's the fastest and the most ruthless after he catching the football. But yesterday was a whole different story. Man. I have a question for you now. Ooh. And we've done this before with other players. Okay. How many Bleacher Report employees mm. will it take to take down George Kittle? Okay, so the way I'd like to add context to this question is, with the game on the line. The game on the line. Because he wants it more because now. I, yeah, I want the mentality. He wants it more, yeah. How many Bleacher Report employees would it take? I think it would take seven. Seven? Yeah. He had three or four New Orleans Saints yesterday he was dragging down the field. Yeah, but like I figure like, you know Seven what? Bleacher you, Report employees? You know when like a truck, like, like one of the tires pops? Where's David at? Bring David in here. Let, let's see how big he is. I just think they'd fall at his feet and he'd get tripped. tripped up, I just feel like there's a lot fall. of bodies. I don't know. I think he would kick a kick a few of them in the in the stomach, in the ribs. Well, I had like Quentin Nelson at what? We had him at a bunch. It was like twelve. No, I thought we did like twenty five. <laughs> no, but I like, we had him as a kids. But I, I like George Kittle. He's nasty. I mean, he's a great player. And in that offense, he's open a bunch because and now you're playing like action lock- pass over top, wide open. And talk about like a locker room dude. Um that constantly keeps it positive and constantly keeps the energy going. He's great friends with Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. He's great friends with all the wide receivers. I bet he's great friends with the linebackers. You, and, you know, and you know the offensive linemen respect Love him. Because he can out, get out there and actually block. Um, 
He is the number one tight end in the NFL to me. I agree with that. Um, my guy Kelsey is two. Um, and Kelsey's great, but you know it's. But what Kittle adds that extra layer. So so Kelsey is so because, good look, so, after the catch, but he's not as physical as Kittle. That's the difference. We saw right. something yesterday. We we're like, well, hold up. He and not just yesterday. He's been doing it all season long. He's running people over. He's finishing his runs. That's yes. what makes him the most special tight end. So, look, Christian McCaffrey is incredible. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Chubb and, and all these running backs are really, really good. Then you start thinking about wide receivers. It's it's very tough to compare him to a Tyree Kill. Yeah. It's tough to compare him to a Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um, because I – what Michael Thomas is able to do when Getting you open. know the ball is coming to him yeah. is wild. But I think George Kittle is more of a threat after the catch than Michael Thomas. Tyree Kill, he opens up space. He's like Steph Curry where he draws so much attention that he makes life easier for everybody else. But I also think that you have to account for him every play. But George Kittle, his versatility, it makes it close. McCaffrey is up there, yeah. but we're starting to see him contained a little bit. Can't. They don't have as many weapons on the team. George Kittle is the new Robert Gronkowski. He's a mismatch on the field <laughs> and every play, on every possession, and they have a run game, so this supports him perfectly because now the, the linebackers have to take a step up to respect the run game, and he's over the top. He catches the ball well. He finishes runs, and guess what? When it's time to run block, he gets nasty. Oh, he gets physical. People. He gets dirty. Same way that Gronk did. And the excitement after the catch. Do you saw his face? Oh. They're pulling his face, Master yanking his jersey. The excitement of that football team. He carries that yeah. throughout the locker room the same way that Gronk did when he was with the Patriots. He's the new Robert Gronkowski. And I, Absolutely. Th- and this is interesting, too. I know that I, I did a whole thing in the offseason about Lefko PR. And really what it is is it's been a movement the last two years where NFL athletes are recording their videos of their workouts, and they all go viral. Mm-hmm. From Aaron Donald practicing with knives to, you know, receivers doing like the choppy steps and all that. I follow a lot of athletes, NFL athletes on Instagram. Okay. From my account and the Left Coast Show account. And what's interesting is I see what you do every day. Like I say this all the time now, you don't need a mentor. You just need to follow the people that you want to be your mentors on a bunch of different social channels. And because that's the way the world is now, I can literally see what you do every day. Mm -hmm. And so I can see when someone goes on vacation. I can see. And what I saw out of Kittle this offseason, every day, the hardest workout I've seen of any athlete in the NFL. Leonard Fournette was up there, too, because he went off the grid to, like, Wyoming for, like, a month. But Kittle, every day, was in there working on speed, explosion, and just destroying things. And there is a carryover to that. And, like, I knew Mark Ingram was going to have a big year because as soon as he got dinged for steroids, holy crap, every day in the gym and with, like, angry, angry messages on the bottom. Went harder. Shit matters. Mm -hmm. I like to joke about it like it's all done for attention and stuff, but there are some guys, and I'm sure you know this, that will spend that offseason being a professional athlete. That's right. And there were some people that are being famous. Mm -hmm. And now we get to see the evidence. And what I saw, I kind, I, I knew Kittle was going to have a big year, but he's exceeding my expectations coming up in big moments. Like he's that. helped that team in so many ways. He is that attitude that you need. He's a presence that Jimmy G loves. And again, Jimmy G, New England, 
He saw Gronk work. Yep. He saw what happened with Tom Brady and how Tom used him throughout his entire career. Also, how Tom is struggling without that security blanket at this point. I think you're absolutely right about that. But you're 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 all right because Gronk had so many defining moments in clutch situations oh, yeah. where when oh, yeah. you needed it, the Gronk seam was the play. He would fake out. He would then go up on a post and and. It's over a linebacker's ear hole right. and before the, right. safety, before the safety and Gronk catches and goes down. And Kittle is not much of a leaper as Gronk was, but his in and out of cuts. Mm-hmm. So That's yesterday right. we saw the old zig route That's in right. out and he, he has a step to beat a guy. And I think that Gronk towards the end of his career was less stiff arm. It was more just his ability, his, just his, big. his ability just to big. go get it. Yeah. Kittle... I, I've yet to see Kittle get tackled on the first try. And so he's still young Gronk, where Gronk was just putting people into the earth. Yeah, well, Kittle said something yesterday. He said, the first guy will never take me down. And if you're the first guy now, just imagine, all the people that get the scouting report, they're seeing that tape. And they're saying, all right, well. I'm going for his legs. I'm a cornerback. I'm 5'11", 190 pounds. What do I do against that guy? There's nothing that you do. That's when business decisions happen. Yeah, when you start watching tape. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm very excited for this playoff run. Uh, Baltimore still the number one seed in the AFC. That prediction looks better and better every Much day. Much more excited about the NFC than AFC playoffs. Oh yes, not even like, close. I am excited for the divisional round onward for the AFC. Mm-hmm. If we get a final four of Baltimore, New England, Kansas City, yeah. and personally. Um, I don't really want to see Pittsburgh. Tennessee may be in there. But Baltimore, New England, Kansas City is a really good top three. Mm-hmm. It, that should be a lot of fun. And then really, the NFC, every matchup's going to be awesome. The Rams are going to make a run at the, at Minnesota to yeah. try and sneak right. in right now. Chicago's not given up yet. Um, and the Eagles are alive. I know we buried them, but we'll know more. I don't want to talk too glowingly if they lose to the Giants. So I think we should play them. They're alive despite what we did. Man, Jerry Jones. Kids doing it. Jerry Jones couldn't fire Jason Garrett, so instead they just cut their kicker. Jerry Jones is, he's made so many mistakes this season. By the way, Cowboys cutting their kicker, Brett Maher, I think is really fucking dumb. Like, he's also the owner of a 62 yard kick this year. What kickers are out there that you'd want? What are you doing? Why, Why are you cutting the kicker? We're going to have Pro Football Doc Doc joining us on Wednesday. Dr. Really? David Cho is going to come in here. And we're going to talk about... Can you check my knee out? Yeah, he'll check your knee out, but also, like, how do you see something on TV and then go, oh, he's out? Yeah. Well, I, I want to pick his brain on that. Good. For Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, and we will holler at you later. We will. Thanks, Pat Pat.